Welcome to the Tent Dot Podcast, hosted by managing partner PJ Shevlin. PJ will sit down with business leaders and entrepreneurs to discuss their journey to the top, including the obstacles, challenges, and victories along the way. Good day, everyone. We're glad to have you back today for what we think is going to be a fascinating conversation with Greg McRoberts, the managing partner of West Point Financial Group. Under Greg's leadership, the Indianapolis-based firm has experienced really what is explosive growth. They have over 500 advisors and staff members located throughout Indiana, West Virginia, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, and Wisconsin. They serve over 200,000 clients. Greg attributes a lot of the success to the firm with the culture of his firm. It's interesting, Greg is following his father and his grandfather into the business. So he's a third generation guy and I believe uh, also has one of his two children who started in 2013 with the firm to make it a fourth generation firm. Uh, West Point is consistently recognized as an employer of choice. One of the best places to work in Indiana every year from 2008 through 19 and 2021. Uh, they expanded into Illinois, Ohio, and Kentucky, and they're also recognized there as one of the best places to work. Greg's mission, the firm's mission, which, which I really like a lot, Greg, by the way, our mission is to bring financial wisdom and clarity in a world of infinite information. Greg and I have a good relationship. We've worked together here for a few years. And uh, we're excited to have you today on the podcast, Greg. Looking forward to it. So why don't we just start with telling us a little bit about you, where you came up, and, and how that's kind of informed where you are now. Sure. I'd love to. So I am actually worked with my dad for four years while I was in college um, as an intern, um, actually selling. I think I sold my first policy when I was 19. Um, so came into business. Um as soon as I graduated and started, my dad made me a manager, um, which was, was way too, I was way too young to do that and have yeah. that responsibility. But the plus is I think you kind of learn, you know, you, I learned super quick during that, that period of time. And I was at a, a small mutual company um, with my dad from 1989 um, to 2002. Then um, I went to Securian for three, three and a half years. Um, I, at that point we grew our firm from, I think I brought 10 people with me and we grew it to 35 people in that period of time. And so, um, I was super happy there and I had some great mentors I worked with, but I, um, Mass Mutual had reached out to me and I thought it was a way to get, um, more scale than what I currently had. Um, and so we were able to kind of start building, um, the firm that we have now, um, in 2005. And so I've been there. Um, just about 17 years. That is fantastic. So, and, and, you know, I, I think just for our listeners too, you know, growing your initial firm from, I think you said two to 35 people, uh, that is a, uh, that is a challenge in and of itself, really to come from scratch to that amount of people developing, training, uh, recruiting, uh, just, just a, 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 a very challenging, uh, job. And that kind of prepared you for, for, uh, the mass mutual opportunity and, and kind of the scale that you've experienced the last 15, 20 years. hundred percent agree. Uh, so give us an, give us a, a, a kind of a, an over maybe a 10,000 foot view of, of West Point. Tell us about kind of the, you did already a little bit about the history, but maybe the corporate relationships that you have, your footprint geographically and, and just, just a little idea of, of the firm itself. 
Sure. They, they um, invested in me and they believed in me um, when I needed those two things the most. Um, then, like a lot of companies, Mass Mutual started consolidations. And that's we picked up Central Illinois. Then we picked up Kentucky, West Virginia. Then we picked up Ohio. And then it really started growing. Um, and we picked up all of Wisconsin um, three years ago. And then two and a half years ago, we picked up all of Chicago. So, um, you know, we that's they believed in us enough that, that 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 they gave us that much territory. And one of our mantras has always been recruit, train and retain. And so our entire business model is based around those those three factors and also hire our staff members um, to here. You know, we're very clear on who the customer is and the customer is always the advisor. And that's how we we preach that from day one is that the customer is always the advisor. And I think that gives us kind of an edge with a lot of other firms. Yeah. Now, Greg, do you do you sleep at all? I mean, at this point, uh, to to have that kind of growth that fast, I mean, uh, how how have you done it? I mean, it's got to be. You know, it's um. I first, it's a it's a passion. Um, I've never looked at this as a job. So you know, when you have passion, it's um, you're excited to get up in the morning and go to work. And yes, at some points, um, throughout the last four years, I'm like, man, I don't know what else I can give. Um, but you know, I just, I keep, I keep trudging on and, um, you know, I've been spending incredibly amazing to watch what our people were able to do and, and how we've been able to grow. And, you know, I, that those things make me get up and work hard every, every day. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that one of the things I wanted to comment on that you mentioned, which I think is, is just a huge point, you know, uh, a financial advisors are in touch with their clients every day. And, you know, uh, they all build and maintain their practice uh, kind of in their own way. They all have their own fingerprint. But really what your firm has done is, is, is identified your client as the advisor. And so really your job is to remove the obstacles that get in the way for advisors and help them do what they do best, which is taking care of their clients. And, and that's really where that successful productive relationship I think comes in. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, if I were to um, piggyback on that just a little bit, when my, my dad was my general agent and what I realized was that, you know, how, how he ran it. And I was at that point in my mind, a, a high producing advisor. And so what I looked at as how he ran it, you know, he, he ran it with what resources he had, but I, we sort of took the, the, the idea that if, if we build it, they're going to come. And so that's where we create our value proposition. Certain things we did, we feel like have, um, have made a huge difference in our growth because at the end of the day, if our, if I don't have advisors, um, I'm not in business. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's been our, our waking goal every day to make this a place where no one wants to leave. And that's why we're able to retain our top talent years after years. And that's also why we're able to bring in top talent for other companies every year too. Yeah. Um, from the firm standpoint, uh, as you look out over the next couple of years, three, four, five years, um, and even just today, what what are what are some of the biggest opportunities that that you have as a firm, and and what are some of the corresponding big obstacles that that we need to get around or go over or go through every day? That's a great that's a great question, um, and that's a hard question. So you know, we really look at the next three years are going to have incredible opportunity. 
Um, I think um, coming out of COVID, everyone was, um, you know, it was kind of hard time to hire during that period of time. Um, but we have set ourselves up to win um, with how we're we're going about recruiting and how we're gonna how we're gonna grow that. Um, so I'm looking at um, I'm looking at that as a as a huge opportunity we're gonna have in the next in the next three years to really make a dent in a lot of areas. When I look at obstacles, I think what what makes me nervous is um, a lot of the stuff going on with the economy, things I can't really um, I can't really plan for. I just think those things are a little scary of some of the headwinds we're seeing from that. So, you know, we're keeping, we're keeping that obviously top of mind, but in our mind, if we're able to execute on everything that we do, those things really won't matter. And, you know, it just gets back to your, your, your culture and, and your mission too, is, you know, when you have times like these with these obstacles, it's really important advisors are maintaining everyday relationships with their clients through this time. And then obviously your firm and your leadership team, um, providing the same kind of guidance for, for your advisors. Yep. That's correct. Where do you see our business going over, over the next 10 years? Uh, that's the million plus question there, PJ. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, I, I was one to think five or six years ago, um, you know, we've morphed into a lot of large financial services firms have, we've morphed into a wealth management practice. Um, so we'll pick up $2 billion a year of assets uh, on that platform. Um, I, I, and when I, I'm, I'm, I keep thinking that um, fees are going to compress and we're going to have to really change our model, um, how we're doing it. And so I, those are things I look at. But if you would have told me 10 years ago, this is what, how we're still doing business, I would have said I would have thought a lot of things would happen. So 10 years from now, I feel like a lot of things will change. But I'm also shocked how little things do change in our business mm-hmm. because I think the, the core successful things of an advisor are you got to see people, um, you got to move up your markets, and you got to you got to really take care of that customer to keep them. And I think um, you know those things haven't changed over the last 50 years. So I believe that um, it will look different, but it will look different in a fine way. I couldn't agree more. Uh- Real quick, one lesson your job, your career, your personal experience has taught you that you think everyone would benefit from learning at some point. You know, when I, it's it's so hard because I think our our job, you you're so many life lessons every day. Um, but if I have a couple of, of things I I continue to say, is we are big into culture. And you got to trust the culture. And sometimes we have people who aren't culture fits for us and kind of our, 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 we feel like we've created a firm, but the culture will take out the people that need to be taken out. Yeah. So, you know, let's take a look at, you know, maybe a younger person, they're moving up, uh, moving up in their job, their income is increasing. Uh, Maybe they're a partner in a law firm or an accounting firm, or they're running a small business. It's a, a successful, uh, uh, you know, uh, husband and wife team, um, and and really they're 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 maybe just having some kids and they're sitting around thinking, hey, look, you know, we're smart people. Why don't why don't we do some of this financial advising, our investments, our insurance work, our estate planning, wills, trusts? Why don't, why don't we just do it alone? Or or maybe they ask the question, you know, Greg, why would I work with an advisor instead of doing it myself? What would you say to that? Yeah, that's great. So we believe in holistic financial planning. And about um, three years ago, we got heavy into 
charging financial planning fees again. So I actually, my daughter was just telling me a story yesterday. Um, she had a client who said exactly, she said exactly that as we manage all of our investments. You know, we shop online for term insurance and she immediately pivoted to, well, let's charge a fee and then you can continue to do all that. Um, and what we find is typically when a fee is charged, we see that the clients will want to work with us because they see the value of a financial as a, they see the value of a financial plan and a planner. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Uh, I know I'm kind of jogging around different questions and, and uh, one subject to the other, but you know, one of the things I did want to visit with you and I know your dad was obviously one of them, uh, but, but mentorship, having a mentor, having someone you, uh, you try to aspire to be uh, uh, other than your dad, did you have any other mentors or do you currently sure. have any? Yep. I had, um, I have, I've had a few. My dad was obviously a big one. I worked side by side with him for 12 years. Um, and I really learned um, some really incredible people skills from my dad. Um, when I went to Securian, I had the pleasure of working with Greg Keller, who's one of the top top um, manager partners at Securian. He, um, he took me under his wing. And I, I always say I learned more in a three and a half hour, three and a half year period there than I did in the previous 12. Um, and it was really, he, he, I watched how he had built a dynamic practice and how he did things. So a lot of the, um, things I have in place today came from, um, something he was doing close or similar to. So, um, he would, he would for sure, for sure be a mentor. Um, and then I have a study group that's been fantastic that I don't know if I call them mentors, but they're certainly, um, people who have helped me, um, along the way. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We have that in common. My dad was my general agent. Uh, and, and before my dad, my mother's dad. So my grandfather was a producer and a general agent in, in Philadelphia. Uh, but when I came into the business, um, at that time, uh, my, my dad was one of these guys that tried everything and, uh, everything that he thought could help. And, and he was not afraid to change, to, to, to try different systems uh, always looking for a better way to do things. And so when I came into the business, you know, you, you had to work with a mentor. So there wasn't any, you know, I could call on my natural market and do those things. But during the day, I was making phone calls and trying to get a mentor uh, in to see the people that he wanted to see. So business owners that were doing over a couple of million of sales, guys that were really kind of tough to get in front of. But uh, I did that for really two years and if it wasn't for the mentor I work with, a guy named Chuck Creighton at the time, who was a great producer, leader, father, friend, everything, I, I just never would have learned the things that I learned uh, as quickly as I learned them. And of course, he was available all the time for, for you know, getting questions answered. And sometimes I, th I think people underestimate the amount of information and education and experience that it takes in this business to get really, really good. I mean, there's just an infinite amount of things you can learn and specialize in. And, and that really helped me get focused and develop. So I, I can relate to the, to, to the mentoring and having leaders. And so, so let's say we have a talented college graduate and uh, they're coming out of school. They're smart. They're have a success background, um, maybe even uh, an athlete. Uh, and they've got, They've got a whole world of opportunity in front of them. Um, uh, you know, they can, they can pretty much write their own ticket um, and, you know, they can get a, 
a really good salary job, get themselves with a bank or a brokerage firm or so so why would that person want to consider uh or even and, and this also would include some some skilled career changing people who maybe are are older and have tried maybe the corporate route or you know got laid off or or really kind of want to start their own thing uh why 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 should they consider being a financial advisor good question too um you know we I started kind of in the Northwestern Mutual model where we hired 80% off the college campus. And I did that um, every year until six years ago, I started changing my focus to experience recruiting more. Now, part of the reason PJI changed is we, we found a, a big drop off in the productivity of a recent college graduate. Um, and that's, and it's, we've done a ton of work on, on studies of generations and, um, the millennials were have have worked differently than than the different groups we had before them. So, what we're still heavy in the college recruiting, but we've really we've changed our focus to be. Um, you know, it used to be we hired all lone wolves, so so you know singer producers coming in um, to try and make it in this business. And what we realized um, from the studies that we've done is that millennials really want to be part of a team. Um, so we have a full time teaming person in our office. Who helps? Who helps set up different different teams? Actually, we have more mass mutual teams than any other firm at Mass Mutual because we believe it's a great way to do it. So, how we've kind of changed our focus or bringing in that that superstar college um, advisor, we want to we'll add them to a team. So, and many times they can get a salary, a hybrid you know hybrid fees and commission, um, and it allows us to be able to put them in there and have their their chance of survival be much higher than if they did it than they did it alone because what we found is they they're getting they're coming out and they're they're hot commodities um because the job market's so hot yep. so hot right now that you know we're coming out making 80 90,000 a year and we're giving them somewhat a hope and a prayer so we really kind of started working 2 years ago changing how we do that so they have more of a base and they're part of a team um, that that's a high productive team. Smart. It's fascinating. And, and, you know, my next question was what, what are some of the biggest obstacles that are facing financial advisors? And some of that you just addressed and you addressed a little bit of it earlier too. But I, I think, you know, one of the things you, you really help when you do that is, is, is the learning curve. And when you work in a team, you don't get lonely. It's, it's not quite as lonely a business. Correct. So, uh, you do have a mega firm, um, and uh, I'm not even sure there were firms this size 20 years ago anywhere, Greg. There probably was, but uh, just a, a huge firm in a bunch of different states. And um, so, so you know, what are the benefits of being plugged into a mega firm with the kind of resources and infrastructure that you have as opposed to working independently? Sure. Um, I actually have a lot of opinions on it. So obviously because of the scale of our firm, um, we have we have lots of resources that we can deploy for the advisors. Um, and sometimes where I, I get a little bit um, sensitive is someone will say, well, I can't do that because I don't have the size firm of, as you have. And I, I think where I, I get a little sensitive in that, you know, 15 years ago when I didn't have the resources I have now, certainly, you know, I still decided that this is how we're going to do it. And we made it work. I mean, we, we spent 
huge amounts of money, time, and effort on our advisors then, even if it didn't make short-term economic sense. Mm -hmm. And so once again, it was going back to, we felt like if we build it, they would come. Um, so, you know, it's been, there's certainly pet projects or certainly awesome things that we're doing now that I wasn't doing 15 years ago, um, albeit teaming. Well, we have our marketing department. I have five people in our marketing department. We do marketing reimbursements, set up set up dinners for the advisors and and their clients, and we do we do amazing things on that front. But but really, the bones of it were there when we were when we were a small agency, um, because once again, we looked at the 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 advisor as our client, and if you set up your firm that way, you're able to get you're able to get things done. Um, um, sometimes cheaper than you'd ever imagine, but that that's that's what I would say. But once again, I, I would only I'll never recruit someone from a smaller firm. You know, what you, what people recruit against us and say, well, we're a boutique firm. And what I always say is, I came from a boutique firm, and there's no way they can they can match what we do as a as a mega firm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Fascinating. Okay, this is the fun part of the podcast now, Greg. I. I also read that you were a World War II buff and enjoy historical fiction. Uh, not that that's what your answer will be, but give us one book everyone should read and give us one book every advisor should read. That is, that is great. Well, I'm, um, I'm, reading, I'm reading Traction again right now. So Traction has been, um, we're, we're getting ready. I, for years, I used 12-week years, kind of been a Bible for me, and we, we – um, wanted to change up a little bit. Some reading fraction, which many, most people have read. Um, and that's, we're going to actually implement that as a, as a firm in our big September meeting. I, I suppose my, my all time favorite um, book that I've read multiple times is the, the rise and fall of the third Reich um, would be my hmm. book I've read the most. And um, yeah, it's the one I, I was beautifully written. Well noted. So I wrote both of those down, uh, Greg, it's, it's, been a real pleasure. Uh, West Point Financial Group, huge footprint, a huge infrastructure, terrific leader. We appreciate your time today and look forward to speaking again in the future. Greg, I really appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. You got it. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Disclosure. Securities, investment advisory, and financial planning services offered through advisors who are qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC, member SIPC, 900 East 96th Street, Suite 300, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46240, 317-469-9999. Not all financial professionals offer all services.